Hello there, this is Mike, and uh, you're listening to Driving Theology. I tried to record this this morning on my way to work, but <laughs> battery was low. I could tell when I started, but I was running so late that I just needed to, uh, I didn't have time to go in the house and try to find new batteries, so I just went with it, and well, it ended up only recording like three minutes, so <laughs> this is the second uh, try. Anyway, happy new year. And I'm going to I'm going to drive just a bit. Uh today will be a re- rather quiet podcast, I think, because I'm going to just drive a little bit to a place where I'm going to park and record the park the pad the pad the podcast. The park the park cast, I guess today it would be. Uh so today will be a little bit of uh parking theology, I guess. Uh, which has nothing to do with uh, the activity we used to uh, do in high school. (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't need to know. Uh, Yeah, so, Happy New Year. This is the first uh, podcast of 2022 for me. Uh, I took the last couple weeks off as I was off of work, so it was a good two weeks. had two, two of the three daughters home. Uh, we're able to, because uh, COVID is, well, it was, it's starting to bounce back again, but COVID was more or less gone uh, recently. So we had a few parties that we haven't had in a while, which was a lot of fun. We actually did a Christmas pageant right in our house. <laughs> My wife's uh, brainchild. So we had, uh, I don't know, eight, nine kids, plus some adults uh, take part in a little Christmas pageant that we put on in our house uh, for uh, the people, the people in our house. Uh, well, the people, the people that, that gather in our house mostly, um, or have gathered in the past. We haven't gathered as much lately because of, you know, COVID nineteen. I think everybody's kind of gone through that. Uh, I think a lot of things are bouncing back these days, though. Uh, which is which is good. I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I'm gonna park in the full sun today, as it is really cold. Uh, I'm gonna be right by the Naka River. So I'll have a little view of the river as I talk to you, which would be nice. Yes, I could pull down there, but it's a little muddy. So yeah. Uh, the, uh, what I talked about this morning was, got cut off because of uh, the battery being low. And I think the battery was low because the, this recorder sat in my car for the last two weeks. And cold weather is not, not good on batteries, you probably know. Uh, yeah, so anyway. Um, man, what did I talk about? Uh, so, two days ago, on Monday, my friend Pat and I... Uh, went mountain biking. We do that quite a bit. Pat's been on this podcast probably more than anybody else besides myself. <laughs> Loved him. Ha- I'd love to have him on again to talk about this specific topic. Um, but uh, we we were having a discussion about a book that we both finished, and I've already talked about the book in the podcast maybe a couple times. Uh, I don't remember if I had finished it uh, by my last podcast, but the book is called When Everything's on Fire, and it's by Brian Zond, wonderful book, 
that has a lot to do with um, deconstruction and the movement that's in churches today of people uh, asking the difficult questions that we've been uh, or feel like we've been discouraged from asking. Uh, And uh, some people are leaving uh, the Christian religion altogether, but I think there are probably more people that are just leaving organized religion, but remaining um, remaining Christian in some way, shape, or fashion. But perhaps they've given up on, on uh, institutional church. Uh, so I think I said that wrong. They're leaving the Christian religion while remaining Christian, I think, is is a possibility in the way that I think of those things. Uh, anyway, so we had a discussion about the book, and, and one thing that Pat has been chewing on uh, as of late is, is how to deal with Jesus in the grand scheme of things. And uh, Jesus, of course for many of us, is the the center of everything that God has been doing. And I think, I think that's uh, perhaps a healthy way to think of him uh, as the center, as, uh, you know, Jesus um, being very important. And, and perhaps, you know, all of Christianity hinges on Jesus's life and, and the uh, especially the death, burial, and resurrection, um, and, and that's that's fine, right? That that's there's something to be said for that. But there are some things in the New Testament, and Jesus is quoting specifically uh, about somehow taking the focus off of Himself. And this is interesting, right? Because uh, since the '70s and the Jesus movement, and then I caught wind of it more in the 2000s and the uh, and maybe even you know just ten years ago, um, where where I started focusing on Jesus um, more and more. Uh, part of that uh, is of course good. I think I think we we have to we have to embrace Jesus, and we have to um, we have to face Jesus and, and and see what He has to say to us. Uh, and see who we are in light of him. Uh, but is it possible that we can focus on Jesus uh, and miss a greater point? Is it is it possible? So I think this is what Pat was feeling. He he was feeling like there there there's there's more to Jesus than than what we find in in the gospels and i would agree with that just just bear with me this is this is really difficult to say um and it's it's really just difficult for me to grasp so don't give up on me yet uh yeah you, you know by my podcast if you listen to me that i i love jesus and i have been in love with jesus for quite some time uh and it's even hard for me to grasp this. Um, but Jesus, let's just get to this story. Jesus uh, is has just risen. And the first person he meets is Mary Magdalene. 
she has come early in the morning, the the morning after the Sabbath, in order to, uh, I believe, bring some spices to the grave or something, which was, you know, what they did. They weren't allowed to do that on the Sabbath, but just after the Sabbath, uh, as a good uh, follower of Judaism, she she went and was going to lay some spices, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, she went to the grave to visit the grave uh, early in the morning. Usually we, we call it Sunday morning. So she meets Jesus, the risen Jesus. Jesus has just risen from the dead. And of course she's, you know, at first she doesn't know who he is. She thinks he's the gardener. Maybe it's dark. Maybe Jesus has a slightly different uh, appearance you know, in his uh, newly resurrected body. But nonetheless, she recognizes him in Jesus. And I think she goes to embrace him. But Jesus says something very interesting. She says, do not cling to me, Mary, because I have not ascended yet. Right? Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended. Interesting. Don't cling to Jesus. Don't cling to me until after I've ascended, basically is what that said. I've not yet ascended, so don't cling to me. Um, what this means, I believe, this is my current understanding of this, is, and this correlates with some other things Jesus said uh, to his disciples. He said, for example, uh, where I am going, you cannot come. It is better that I go, because if I do not go, uh, the Comforter will not come. Right? It's better for you that I go. It's better for you that I go. Uh, and he also said that, you know, you, talking to his, his disciples, you will do greater things than I have done. Whoa. How's that even fathomable? Right? Right. Um, look this up if you don't believe me. But the, these are things that Jesus said. It's better for you that I'm not here. It's better for you that I go. He says to Mary, don't cling to me for I have not yet ascended. What happened when Jesus ascended 10 days after, to be exact, was that the Holy Spirit returned after 10 days uh, and filled the disciples. Right. The Holy Spirit filled who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, not no longer with us, but God in us. Right? Emmanuel was God with us. Right? And that was Jesus. Jesus was God with us. But God with us, even though I believe God is still with us, is is inferior to God in us. Okay, And so the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost and incarnated his disciples. Just like the Holy Spirit incarnated the baby Jesus and the boy and the man Jesus, the Holy Spirit incarnates each of us. And God in us is superior to God with us. So don't cling to me, Mary. I have not yet ascended. 
cling to me when I come back. And when he, when he comes back, he, he enters into his disciples. And so we are meant to cling to, to love on, to embrace, to, to accept, right? Uh, to be affectionate toward each other, one another. And in so doing, we are clinging to the newly incarnated Christ in each of us. It doesn't mean that God stops being God. It doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't fully God. Right? It doesn't mean any of that. Sorry, I'm going to sip some water. I've got just a little bit of a scratchy throat. It doesn't mean that, you know, that God is 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 not God. It's that that somehow we each become a God. That's not what I'm saying. But there is something to be said, and Jesus seems to point to the fact that the indwelling of the Spirit is superior to the incarnation that happened in Jesus. And I, I don't mean superior as far as morally superior or anything like that, but but it means that it is a better manifestation, a, a manifestation that's that's universal, that, that can go anywhere, that can be anywhere, anytime, in anyone, as opposed to Jesus being a man who was um, uh, geographically placed in a time and chronologically, geographically placed in a place and, and chronologically placed in a certain time. Christ, right, in, in the Holy Spirit, the, the chosen one, uh, the Holy Spirit indwells, can indwell, potentially everyone on earth at the same time. Uh, and, and that is a superior delivery system of the incarnated gospel, right? That in a sense, we all become little Christs, which is what Christian actually means. We can all become little Christs uh, because the Spirit can dwell, it can incarnate each of us as the Holy Spirit incarnated uh, the baby Jesus. So, we, we can become, we, there is a danger, and I've gone through this, and maybe I'm not out of it yet, to become what we call a red-letter Christian, where we only accept the Gospels. We, we, we're so in love with Jesus that, that we despise everybody else because Jesus is the only one worth loving. You know, that, that can happen, right? We can, we can be, become focused on just my relationship with Jesus and and, you know, my personal Lord and Savior is what we say. Just like, you know, I, I have a personal computer. It's, it, it belongs to me. It goes where I go. It's, it's my personal computer. My personal Lord and Savior is, you know, it's just me and Jesus, right? And we, we say these things. That's between me and God. Well, the thing is, God has decided to enter into his creation uh, in the form of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and in many more places than just you and him, right? God, God is 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 inhabiting uh, his church. Um, 
his ecclesia, uh, if you will. Um, and, and so I think it's okay. It's okay to, to stop clinging to Jesus and to cling instead to the Christ in all of us, right? And to embrace one another, uh, and, and to cling to each other. I, I think that's what, that's what Jesus is getting to. That's what she, he's trying to teach Mary, that you need to cling to one another from now on because I will be in you. And so you can cling to me, but the me you're going to cling to will be in your brother and sister in Christ. And you're going to need each other. You, you, you're going to need to be there for each other and you're going to need to depend on each other. Uh, and in so doing... Uh, we we fulfill the the will of Christ on earth, and that is to love one another. <clears throat> um, and so I think I think it's possible that you you cling to an image of Jesus so tightly that you miss the universal nature of Christ in the world. Right. Um, you neglect to see Christ in his body, right? And so Christ's resurrected body is not the one we should cling to, but Christ's reincarnated body, which is the church, is the one that we should cling to. And I don't mean church as an organization or church as a building, uh, God forbid, Uh I'm talking about Christ in in people, right? We're talking about the people in whom Christ uh, was pleased to dwell. <clears throat> Doesn't mean that we're perfect just because Jesus dwells in us, of course. Um, but I think that's what Jesus is getting at, right? Don't cling to me, Mary. Because I have not yet ascended. Hmm. You know, Jesus' ministry was, as far as we know, just around three years, and maybe that's why it wasn't longer. You know, maybe maybe there's a there's a time limit there. That if it were longer, it would would have been so hard for people to stop clinging. Sorry, clinging to him. You know, and I think that's what Christians did. They they didn't learn the lesson from Mary. What they did was they started clinging to bones and clinging to <clears throat> holy relics and, you know, the, the Holy Grail and the, the Ark of the Covenant and, and uh, you know, the, the, the Holy Shroud, uh, the bones of the martyrs. They were trying to cling to all kinds of things. Um, but I think we're meant to cling to each other. You know, not not just after we die, but, you know, while there's still uh, breath in us, while we're still alive, right? We're, we're meant to, to be close, right? Don't cling to me because I have not yet ascended. <clears throat> it's, it's an interesting, really interesting uh, scripture. Right? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. 
But if you take it apart a little bit, I think we can, you know, put, if we put that together with everything as we know that Jesus said and talked about and, and what he, how he lived and what he meant, uh, I don't think it's unreasonable uh, to come to that conclusion. Uh, but I'd like to hear your, you know, your opinions on that. Um, it's really interesting. You know, so how do, how do we how do we cling to each other? What what are ways? Sorry, it's getting a little cold here because I don't have my heater on, and it is. It's a temperature outside. I'm going to check that real quick. Let me see what the temperature is. Six degrees. So it's still maybe 40. Right around 40 degrees outside. It's sunny, but it is a little windy. So I'm going to have to turn on my heater here in a minute just to warm up. So how is it that we cling to each other? What what is What does that mean? Uh, in fact, you know, usually in... Today's um, verbiage, clingy, is not a good thing, right? When somebody's clingy, uh, they're they're a little overly affectionate, and usually it comes from a place of insecurity. Um, but uh, I think, you know, if you, if we consider it rightly, to, to cling uh, really means to to have a a constant bond with someone, right? To be uh, together with them uh, through thick and thin, for example, right? But there is a sense of affectionate affection there, right? Uh, to be very affectionate with one another. Uh, and I don't think it has to mean necessarily physical affection, but I don't think it rules that out either. You know, there, there are things about, uh, you know, greet one another with a holy kiss, for example. Those are things that are in the Bible. And, you know, there are cultural, um, cultural ways that uh, this can be taken um, and, I think, adapted. Affection's different culture to culture. Right? The way that, you know, we platonically uh, express our affection for one another is different, you know, in different cultures. Uh, Jesus' culture was one way and, you know, I suppose the Greeks and the and the Jews had different ways of expressing, just like Americans and Japanese do today. Uh, you know how wh- what are the ways that we can we can cling to one another? Well, there are many, many, many one another verses in the in the New Testament. It's one of the most important themes that we are supposed to bear one another's burdens. Uh, we are supposed to love one another uh, as Christ loved us. Um, I, I wish I wish I had all the one another verses that I could bring up right now. Probably could, but there are many in the New Testament. Um, let me see. Let me figure out a way to do this. So since I'm not driving. another verses in the Bible. I know there are many. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Uh, And there are lots of others. These are small. Let's see. 
be like-minded towards one another, accept one another, admonish one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, speak the truth in love to one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, submit to one another, consider others better than yourselves, look to the interests of one another, bear with one another, my gosh, <clears throat> teach one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, stir stir up one another to love and good works, show hospitality to one another, employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, pray for one another, confess your faults to one another. Those are all the positive. There are some negative commands. Do not lie to one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you'll be destroyed by each other. Uh, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. <coughs> Excuse me. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Uh, lots of one another verses. So if you take all of those and, and uh, you know, um, meditate on those, I think you'll see how it is we are to cling to each other, to one another. I'm tired of saying one another. Um, it is a sacred relationship that we have with each other in the body of Christ, right? And so because the church, uh, one of the metaphors that the church is, is the body of Christ, we can cling to the body of Christ. We can cling to our fellow disciples, our brothers and sisters in Christ and who have Christ in them, right? Uh, so I think... I, th I think a life focused on the man Jesus and his 33 odd years on the earth <coughs> is time well spent. But I believe you can mature past that while keeping all that and you can mature into a a little bit higher expression and that is embracing the universal Christ embracing Christ in each other and my throat's getting real scratchy the weather's been really dry here and I just finished teaching three classes <clears throat> and in the classes sometimes I kind of abuse my voice a little bit and do different voices and things with the kids and my voice is just a little scratchy. Let's see if that helps. <clears throat> yeah, so how long has this been going? I don't even know. I guess I could have timed it. I don't have to go the whole time. Yeah, so I think that's a good way to understand that Scripture, don't cling to me. 
right? You see other scriptures. I'm trying to remember. My time has not yet come. Uh, Jesus says this to his mother uh, at the wedding in Cana, where he turns water into wine. He says, um, woman, my time has not yet come, he says to his mother. And I don't know if that's an inside joke be- between him and Mary, or if that's how it was normal to refer to your mom or what. But... Um, <clears throat> He didn't want to, he, he was talking about, you know, he didn't really want to do the uh, miracle because, you know, it, things may start sooner than they need to. It sounds like he was worried about timing. And, you know, if Jesus came to die, if he came to earth in order to give his life, life up as a ransom for many, as Paul says, I think. The timing of that had to had to be impeccable, you know. It must have been a difficult thing to pull off. Um, and I think that's part of what he's talking about there. So it may not be quite what he's saying about, you know, I have not yet ascended. Uh, it, but but timing, right, is important uh, in both of those uh, instances. He's talking about the timing is wrong. It's not time to cling to me now. You can cling to me after I've ascended. And, uh, and, you know, if he ascended, that means he descended in, you know, on Pentecost. And so that's, that's, that's the Jesus, that's the version of Jesus or the manifestation of Jesus that we can cling to. Uh, it really sounds like that's what he's saying in retrospect. And that's not, you know, that's without having done any. Uh, of my own research on the language that's used in that passage or anything like that. That's just a, just a, hmm, kind of, could it be, could it be so kind of thing. So, you know, we're, we're all different in, in where we are in our theology. You know, I was talking to, uh, I guess it was Pat also that, you know, when I grew up in church, what I heard about mostly was God. You hear about God, and then if it's about Jesus, it's about the cross, right? So you hear a lot about God, what God wants, what God says, God's will, God did this, God made this, uh, God said this. And then it's Jesus died on the cross to save us, and that was it, right? That was that was the gospel message, Um. And then once I got past that and really started focusing on the supremacy of Jesus, uh, I got deeply into the Gospels and the story of Jesus. And that that's where my theology has been for a long, long time. But the last two years, I'd say, uh, I've been, been starting to morph that into a theology that embraces uh, more the the universal nature of Christ, uh, the Christ that I've been talking about today. And I think we're all in different places, right? Pat talked about how he, he grew up in a church that really talked about Jesus a lot. It was all about Jesus this and Jesus that. Uh, and so we started in a, in a slightly different place. I, I think he started probably in a better place than I did, all things considered. I'm glad that I graduated out of 
my previous theologies, and I can't wait to see which theologies I will, I will uh, graduate into, you know, <clears throat> in the years to come. I, my theology continues to uh, to change the older I get, and I think most people, if they are humble enough and you know keep searching and realize that the understanding you have today is not the full story, then I think everybody can grow and will grow. Um, I think the danger comes when we say, hey, I know it now. I know what's up. Uh, I, you know, I, I figured it out. I think if we come to that point, uh, th- that's where we stop growing, right? We've kind of cut our legs out from under us uh, by our pride in thinking that we know what we know. <clears throat> And praise be to God that, that he is patient through all that, right? He's patient through all of our uh, stumbling around in the dark and trying to figure things out. He's patient through all of it. Well, I'm going to cut that off right there. And uh, I think we've uh, done enough damage. Uh, thank you guys for listening all the time. And I pray that you will have a wonderful 2022. Keep searching, keep knocking, keep asking, keep asking, right? Keep asking the hard questions. Yep. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.